The Love Life Podcast. So here we are. We are in uh, 2021 now and we are still in lockdown. We are in we're in lockdown. We're in stage, I don't know, 758 of the amount of lockdowns that we've had due to COVID-19. And I just think that this absolutely has wreaked havoc on people's love lives, dating world, mm-hmm. uh, emotional well-being. And it must be so tough for so, so many people. It has been, t- it's been tough for me and I, I, I'm in a relationship. Annie, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I've I've had, I was speaking to a friend this morning, it's like, you know, one one day or one week, you can be feeling absolutely great. And then suddenly you're in this hole, you're like, oh my God, what, what just happened there? Um, so I think it's kind of been, it's been like that for me too. It's been like lots of, lots of kind of sailing along, think, you know, appreciating life and, and all of that. And then suddenly you kind of find yourself, um, I don't know, have you just fallen into the reality of it fully and for me, anxiety would be something I would I would be um, challenged by at um, the best of times. So during this lockdown, there's definitely been moments where I've had to, um, yeah, really take take myself into like extra special care, shall we say? And do you know that it's because of the lockdown? Do you realize and recognize? That's the funny thing with anxiety it's it's like you you can suddenly be going along just fine and then it catches up with you and you you don't really like it can it can feel quite overwhelming so for me in my experience it would be uncertainty of any kind can really elevate these feelings of uh, anxiousness and I think that's that's common for for most people you know for feeling uncertain and we want to try and make the uncertain certain and right now we still you know we can't do that we still don't have an end point um and like I think I I think we can get lost in that because you know for for the most part if we're lucky enough lots of people are still healthy they're still living and breathing they're still waking up and again if they're lucky and their circumstances haven't changed for example work life so on things are going along as normal so to speak except everything is is abnormal on the outside world you know um so like we are living through a traumatic experience you know like what do they say key in indicators of like a PTSD trauma is 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 seeing the world as a dangerous place you know and and that's like the current pandemic has caused that you know that kind of fear in a large portion of the population you've just said that like we're living in a traumatic experience do you think a lot of people have allowed themselves to believe that or have been self-compassionate because I think I'm quite hard on myself most of the time, given out about it, but I haven't realized that we are all collectively living in a crazy traumatic experience. Yeah, we have, we have no reference point. So for lots of people, you know, you, you probably won't be verbalizing it in this way. Um, you know, but what we're certainly doing is that we can feel more on guard we can feel more unsafe. We can have lots more um, negative thoughts, negative feelings. People can have more problems, you know, if, if sleep is your thing or concentration, those areas can, can be disrupted. And that certainly doesn't give you kind of a solid base to feel safety, you know, in your body. Like it, it, your nervous system is really kind of out of whack when, when, when you're in, 
in these kind of states. There is no doubt that this is is definitely um, a period of trauma. I don't think people are being very kind to themselves. You know, say if you were in a car accident, you would be minding yourself so much after that. And so would everybody around you because you're after dealing with a trauma, mm-hmm. uh, something that is both physical and mental. So if we're all going through this right now collectively as a nation, mm-hmm. what does this mean for our relationships in the dating world and in your existing relationships like marriages, partnerships? like family dynamics. Is it a recipe for disaster at the moment? Well, it it certainly changes how you might ordinarily think, feel or or behave. You know, um, what I'm seeing a lot of is, I I love how you you introduced the question, Tracy, because it's like we, we may need lots of reassurance in the same way that we would if we'd experienced a traumatic event. But because we're all collectively experiencing it, we can't give that to one another. So, you know, you gave the example of, of a single person, like we don't know what their social, um, how, how well they're socially connected, but that would be the first question I'd always ask um, somebody I was working with. Um, yeah, what, what's your what's your social connectedness like? So who are you connecting with? Um, because what we hear a lot of is, is you know, the, the normalised, uh, air quotes here, um, the family unit being a couple and children. So we hear a lot about, and and let's not overlook, I mean, parents are heroes at the moment, just like so many other people. Um, But we cannot overlook um, people who are um, on their own because I I do think it's particularly difficult. Well, it's just as difficult, you know, having having a a weekend with maybe no other social interactions um, can be as challenging as having a house full of kids and, 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 chores to do you know it's it very much depends on on how much um resources we have you know and how how is our how are we emotionally I agree because I just think that you could have noisy kids or a very noisy annoying brain yeah it's a really really great way of putting it because our thoughts can can almost they can invade upon us can't they they can take over if we're not aware you know, our, we can judge ourselves. That's, that's a big one that I noticed that is really highlights how uncompassionate we are when we're judging ourselves for how, how, how we are at the moment, you know, any of us. Um, so if we go back to the example of we're living through, you know, a, a traumatic experience right now, would you still be judging yourself for feeling as though... Um, I don't know, For I'll use the example of single people because I work with singles all the time. I have insight into how they think and it's generally along the lines of what is wrong with me. You know, why Why is it that I'm here and I'm single? It must say something about me. So that, that kind of inquiry is already kind of quite judgmental and it's quite harsh. And then if we move into the zone of, oh my God, I'm, I'm X age and there's certain things I want to achieve, you know, for lots of people, it's, it, it can be having a family and um, that cranks up the pressure even further. So then we're judging ourselves on again, something else that we can't actually control right now, because yeah. you're, you're the anomaly. If you've met someone in the last year, year and a half, what is it? <laughs> I can't do years anymore. It feels like 75 but years. Yeah, 75 years. But it, it, it's coming up to a year. It's a year. Yeah. I mean, that's a year out of someone's life who is hitting an age where they kind of feel, and as you've just touched on there, they kind of feel that age is an issue. It's not an issue, but it can become a very big issue. 
Um, now, for example, I was exploring um, egg freezing options, for, uh, and I spoke with with um, a clinic that told me in the last in the last twelve months there's been a six what, what did he give me sixty percent increase in people who are looking to to go down that road, and I don't know we don't speak about that enough. We don't that being a challenge for so many people, not just not just couples who are who are going through IVF, which of course I mean is I, I'm not even going to pretend to understand how how challenging that is for for a couple, but equally challenging can be you know going down the road of um, preserving my fertility and doing it on your own. So I just think there, there's a lot of things that are not spoken about in our society that need to start being spoken about so that we can normalize our struggles. Oh, so maybe I batted away. It's when you say that there about you know, people have concerns about age. And I was like, oh, you'd be fine. What are you talking? I am that friend. The reality of it is your fertility does diminish. Um, but I never want to admit that to friends or to myself. Like, I'm yeah. just like, no, everything's going to work out great. That's my coping mechanism. Yeah. And, and that, well, there's so many different ways I, I could uh, uh, respond to you there Tracy because I think yeah wow isn't it amazing that on one level we may want to deny this reality because we do know on a biological level certain things change but equally everyone's fertility is so different that it may be fine age may you know like there's so many different variables I think to, to, to consider but also I think what you said there is your response and your coping mechanism um, is what did you say to bat it away to kind of move every it's all going to work out the universe is going to give me exactly what I need well, that's a good attitude but like I, do you know what I don't yeah like it's a good attitude and it keeps you sane mm-hmm. but is it a good dose of reality not sure I don't want to be that toxic positivity person either mm. yeah well I, I, I think toxic positivity would I put that on you no I don't think so I think you're a realist Tracy I don't think I would I would um, consider you toxic. Toxic positivity is that you can't hear when somebody is describing something that's a real challenge for them, and you're constantly sort of bypassing their emotional state. Um, I, I, I can't. I don't think I would agree that that that's who you are. Um, but I do think emotional bypassing is something that we all do to a certain extent, and it might be really important to just shine a light on that. If you're constantly batting away reality, just kind of question what, what's happening for you. Um, I mean, for some people, batting away batting away this kind of information that we're talking about around fertility, um, it, it might be to cope. It might be to protect themselves. I mean, it's the very few privileged people who can say, I'm, I, I'm in a position where I can, um, I can take my fertility into my hands and do everything I can and preserve it. You know, let's not overlook the practicality. It's, it's really expensive. So not everybody is in the position to be able to do these things. So if you're not in the position to change this, what can you do? Um, accept it. Yeah, we can talk about acceptance till the cows come home, but accepting something is very, very hard and it doesn't happen overnight. So with people right now dealing with this pandemic mm-hmm. um, and also dealing with so many things in the dating world mm-hmm. and the trauma that we're going through, what advice would you give anybody who is finding it really tough and hasn't been on a date in such a long time and is finding that maybe they are chatting to people because it's out of boredom or out of fear that they're going to get another year older and not connect with somebody? Mm, also, it's a good question because um, there's lots of people who are, that, who, are living, who are living this at the moment. 
I think for lots of people who are online uh, swiping, hoping to meet somebody, slow that whole process down and consider what your intention here is. You know, what is your aim? Like, what is the aim of meeting somebody? What, what do you hope it will achieve? I think when you answer that quite honestly and with lots of compassion, you know, it's, it's interesting what can come out of that question. Um, you know, what does love mean? What does a romantic partner mean to, to you? Like, or what does a partnership look like? Um, we've already spoken, and you guys will hear about it at a later stage, um, the myths of romantic love. And a lots, of us, lots of us can be still clinging to that ideal. So this question kind of um, brings a bit more reality um, into what love means to you. Um, because I think if you can start to, to, to get a sense of who a partner is to you, you can learn something about yourself. So myself and Tracy were speaking a little bit about this earlier and, um, you know, I just asked her, like, what, what does love mean to her? So we were both kind of bringing together a list of things that we both thought were important. And for me, a, a big one would be accepting, you know, accepting a person exactly as they are. Um, not wanting to change them or you know fit them into some mold or ideal of, of the partner that you want because so many of us can do that you know who has ever you know um, been chatting to somebody online built up this whole idea of what the person would be like then meet them and some people some friends of mine um like I haven't really connected with them in a long time but I remember like the biggest thing that they would want in a, in a relationship was security and it always used to knock me for six a little bit I get I get that you everyone wants to feel safe but it's like can you do you need a partner for that like mm. I don't know I think security for me is secure in your own self being self-sufficient and independent mm -hmm. I've probably been judgmental by saying that but it's just no, no. you know that's something that I think that you could get without a relation no I'm probably mm. wrong no 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 I think it's not that you're wrong or your friends are wrong it's that we're also different in what we look for from a relationship. So it's 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 absolutely fine that someone might say security, but then if I was to work with that client, I would say, okay, so what does security mean to you? So it depends on their definition of security, but there's always scope and opportunity to build more of that into your own life. So you, you, you've just kind of answered that, Tracy, by saying, you know, security can be that, you know, I might get my finances in order and um, security might mean that I create safety in my own body. I get to know, know my own nervous system so I can I can um, bring it to that place of calm and safeness. If 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 there is kind of a, a desire for that to happen or there's something happening there that that doesn't feel good in your body. Um, so okay. so, yeah, I think I think just just get to know what yours is. Don't judge yourself on it, but make it really Good but judge your friends. Don't judge yourself, but definitely judge your friends, just like I did. <laughs> yes. <Yeah? Sorry. laughs> no, but isn't it funny? Because like that is that is something that you know I'm judging other people there in my head, but we all kind of do that ourselves, and we are, as Annie said, living through a traumatic experience. The dating world mm -hmm. at the moment. Sometimes it's brilliant for people, and it's really exciting, and sometimes it is an absolute minefield. So be kind to yourself um, in the dating world during this pandemic. But I, I love that Annie is saying that if you know what you want in a relationship or what's important to you in a relationship, you can actually find a little bit of that 
in yourself. Mm. You, can, so, you, can, you can build more of this into your life. Yeah. So if you're, I'm going to work on my judgment. That's what I'm definitely going to do. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's a great, that, but I love that you brought that in because yeah. we, we can all be a little bit judgy. Um, but to the degree at which we are judging of our, of others is probably a reflection of how we judge ourselves. So doing less of that to yourself and others is ultimately, you know, going to benefit you. Um, but I also think I, I, I love this guy, Alan de Baton. He's like a philosopher. He speaks about all sorts of things, but his, his messages on love are just so beautiful. Um, but he, he believes that love is about tolerance. So how can I tolerate you? He claims that we should look or we should seek out another person's crazy early on because we all have it. And I think it really highlights that thing that we can all um, do, which is put, putting others on pedestals. I, I don't know. I was speaking to my sister recently and we had a good laugh about this because, you know, I, I don't notice that much more happiness in people who are in relationships versus people who are single. And lots of people believe that they will be happier in a relationship rather than, than when they're single. So I, I just think there's so much to that idea of, um, of just getting a bit of reality around these messages that we tell ourselves about love or these fantasies really that we, we can become so addicted to. Um, I love that. So in this crazy time of a traumatic experience, always keep that at the forefront of your brain that right now this mm. is a collective traumatic experience mm. and Self compassion and be kind to yourself. Give yourself a break too. Like we said, you're you're yeah. the you're the anomaly if you've met someone in the last year. So just imagine what it's going to be like when all of this like opens up again and we can start to socialize and and, and meet people. And um, I'm just visualizing the what is it the Roaring Twenties, the the aftermath of of the Spanish flu. I cannot wait to just rave with my friends, hands in the air, dance beside sweaty bodies. Aww. Like nobody's business. Yes, I'm here for it. One hundred percent. Um, I am so interested in the fact that you're saying again that we have to always keep at the forefront of our brain that we are in a traumatic experience and maybe that could be a reason why the divorce rate over in the UK at the moment during the past mm. nine to twelve months has skyrocketed. Mm. Your partner may react to this situation very, very differently and it may cause conflict. We have to mind that, don't we? Oh yeah, so, so much. Because, you know, we're if we're feeling completely out of control or we're, you know, our stress levels have been increased, we we will all probably cope quite differently. So knowing your coping style, even if you don't know it, you're, you're going to have witnessed it. Your partner's going to have witnessed it over the last 12 months for sure. How, how have you how have you marked and coping, Tracy? Uh, I'm different. You know, it's different. It swings and roundabouts. I could have a good week and then Mark might have a bad week. We might have great weeks together. And then like I've, I feel particularly in this lockdown that it's and the weather being January and February, it's been a tougher one. It's been tough. Um, and I know that we're not alone in comparison with friends and family. I, I know we're not alone. So um, I've gone back to work, which has been an absolute godsend. And I'm quite mindful of the fact that my partner hasn't. And I get to laugh every single day with my colleagues or my 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 listeners on air. They make me laugh every single day. And I'm quite conscious that my boyfriend has a tough job and, you know, that I, I could come home and be like, yay, everything's great. And I have to be mindful of that. He might not have a good day and vice versa. Some days I have a terrible day and then he's had a good day. So, yeah. And I think that the, the 
the realization that you can't just escape and just go and hang out with your friends for a whole day and go for a gorgeous brunch and miss each other. Like that's, that hasn't happened in a year. Like we haven't missed each other. I don't know whether that's a good or bad thing. When I'm pissed off, you know it by my face. I can't hide it. You know, so I, I'm not very good at hiding my moods. That That's better than, than hiding it all because the hiding it all part ends up in resentment and like these blow ups, you know, so so being able to kind of respond to whatever's happening in the moment, I think, is 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 a healthier um, it's healthier than than kind of, you know, letting it all like, build up. My biggest fear is that familiarity can breed contempt. You know, you see somebody all the mm-hmm. time. We haven't gone out on a nice date in a year, you know? We didn't have our wedding. Like, so it's it's one of those things where you're like, God, I would hate to think that he's seen too much of me and he's seen me like change in a year. Cause I think we've all been we've we're all we've all changed this year. We, as you said, it's all traumatic experience again. I think I think we need to normalize the ick. You know, the ick's gonna come because we're in each other's faces. If we're in if we're if we're that couple that as you know, you're so honestly describing Tracy. You know that you are each other's. I probably won't be in if he thinks that I'm after putting this on a podcast, Annie. We're going to have to work <laughs> this out. I'm not really sure, but whatever. He's perfect. I am the troublesome one. That's we'll just put that in there just for disclaimer purposes, and then we can put that in the podcast. <laughs> no, what we have, what we have to do is like. There's so many couples. We started with kind of a a serious question, like you know, divorce rates are increasing, and ha- you know, what what do we do? What, what do you do if you're if you're in a relationship where you're really challenged or you're struggling to figure out you know is it me is it my partner is it the relationship is it is it the collective is it the environment you know is it is it the covid world that we're living in that's kind of contributed to us feeling like we're not so harmonious two people working from home maybe homeschooling um the stress of the pandemic not being able to see people not being able to leave your house tensions are high and as you said to me earlier on about trauma everybody reacts to trauma differently would you say that we're all reacting to trauma in our own different way within our relationships oh for sure yeah because it changes how you think how you feel how you act so you know if if like we said before you were in a car accident for example that's an example of a traumatic event or your house was burgled or you know the the instant reaction might be I never I want to I want to find another house to live in I never want to drive again so you would be advised against doing those things you know you'd be encouraged to not make any of you know any huge decision until about six or 12 months after the traumatic event so I think right now there's lots of people who are reacting to the trauma and they may see the answer again air quotes answer is in leaving the relationship or the answer is in finding a partner but they're they may not be the answers in some cases it may be the case you know that actually uh, leaving the relationship is exactly what you need but for lots of people they'll probably need to sit down and discover it's it's that it's it's those different parts it's is it me like how is my emotional state right now is it, you know, is, is there something about the different ways that me and my partner cope that's causing real problems here? You know, we could have, if it was me in a relationship, I would probably need a lot of reassurance because I might feel quite, I would feel very anxious, do feel very anxious and would need somebody to kind of tell me it'll be okay. But if I had a partner who wasn't able to do that and was quite avoidant, that could cause more stress in our relationship. 
Um, or somebody was invalidating me and saying, oh, come on, there's nothing to be worried about. We're, we're doing OK. And, and, and lots of people do that because that's their coping style, you know. Um, but I do think it's important that we don't dismiss one another's feelings because they're not something we can change excuse me, that we, that, that we can change their, their, their kind of our real lived experiential, um, you know, th- these are the real moments. And if we can meet a partner in that kind of heart to heart space, I think there's real magic in that, but it can be difficult because we're obviously, you know, both people are going through very, can, can cope and respond very differently. So what would you say then to couples who have different coping styles mechanisms? It's just to be mindful that they cope differently. Yeah. And these coping, these different coping styles have probably been part of your relationship dynamic forever, but they might just be that the light has kind of shone on them now. So there, it, it might be more emphasized because you might be solely depending on your partner. You know, in the past, you might have had extra resources outside of your relationship so I think we still should use the resources that we have outside of our relationship as much as possible. You know, if it's a thing that you feel I'm particularly challenged in this relationship and maybe I'm seeking too much reassurance from my partner, seek help elsewhere. You know, get get yourself a, a personal therapist, um, work with a coach, do do whatever you need to do to kind of support yourself in that that area. Um, link in with a friend, ask a friend if they have the headspace to to listen. Um it could be take a little course. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It depends on your, in your headspace. Not everyone has the headspace for, like we were laughing about this earlier, Tracy, the banana bread thing. I mean, that wasn't you during lockdown, was it? No, I, do you know what? I have to say like lockdown number one, I was like, how the fuck are all these people doing all this shit? I'm just surviving. and just trying to get through because I've got like, I don't suffer from anxiety, but I learned what anxiety attacks were about during first lockdown because it was just constant scrolling. And then look at all these people achieving where I didn't know what was happening tomorrow. It was yeah. like, relax, lads. It's like, but then, you know, I, I, I've learned. Was some coping though, wasn't it? You know, the banana bread, um, brigade. I felt like it was showing off though. I'm dealing okay with this. La, 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 you're shit. That's how I felt. <laughs> That's how you perceived it. <laughs> I was like, oh, off you. Uh, yeah, I was. <laughs> like, I don't know. But see, of course I felt like that because I wasn't in a good headspace. I just was like, what is this? Like my wedding's being cancelled and I've got people ringing me asking this. I don't know. My arse or my elbow right now. And the next minute everyone's like doing dances on TikTok. It's like, oh, I don't have time to, I, I'm trying to survive. Where are you getting this time to learn this dance? And then, oh, I don't know. I'm spending most of my time being queued outside Tesco for two hours. Like, where are you doing your TikTok dances? <laughs> Yeah, everybody coped differently. I know, Um, and I had good days and great days. Um, It was really, it was really sunny. You know, was yeah, I appreciated nature so much, and I appreciated the outdoors. But Mm. social media gave me a little bit of an anxiety during this lockdown. Mm. Uh, But it also was a great way to connect too. But yeah, swings and roundabouts again. You know, roundabouts. Yeah, and that's it. We we're all just so so different. So again, it's kind of coming back to. Do I know my own coping style? Can I can I respond to that? You know, can I respond to myself? Can I respond to my partner? Can we co-regulate? You know, can can I be aware of how he or she um, responds and, and kind of can I help them or support them in that? But like Esther Perel speaks a lot about if we want to create desire in relationship, it's it's space. It's creating spaces in our togetherness. 
not going to happen in this no one, no one's able to do that right now, are they? No. And like I've read, I've read things like, you know, bring up some spice in your relationship. Like, and we did this at the start of lockdown. Like we met each other in the kitchen at eight o'clock on a Saturday night. I love it. That's so cute. I mean, that happened once, Annie. It happened. <laughs> and it, the novelty was great. And the best thing about that night, can I tell you, I wore a little skirt and heels and I was all dressed up as if I was going raving. I was loved it. And I mean, like... My feet did not hurt me that night because I wasn't walking anywhere. That was the thing about that night. <laughs> we had a great time. We had a little rave in the kitchen. It was great. But I feel like that takes effort. And I feel that we're, it, that was in the novelty stage of lockdown. And now it's become a reality. There's no end in sight. I know we're all with the vaccine, but like that's still a lot. Like there's no summer holidays this year, for example. So it's just... It's it's hard to maintain hope when there's nothing to look forward to. No, Tracy, we, we just need to normalise exactly what you're describing. You're just describing, um, I would imagine, what lots of people are going through, lots of couples are going through right now. Um, it's normalising these problems because it's a global pandemic. Like, at what point are we going to just stop and say, okay, this is, there, there's extra stresses coming in on us here. Um, it, pandemic alone, but let's say there's financial pressures. Let's say there's uncertainty around career. Let's say there's uncertainty around um, the health of a loved one. There's so many external factors to our relationship. So it would be, it would be kind of naive of us to just think that everything that's happening right now is, is, um, is, is it within our control um, but, but I think, you know, if you're someone who's kind of not liking your partner at the moment, you're resenting them a little bit, you feel they're not doing enough, all of that stuff. If you can just pause and remind yourself that this is, this is a global pandemic, there's extra stresses here instead of moving into the reactivity, I think that can, um, kind of save people from, from conflict that, may not be um, very healthy. You know, when you move into that kind of very reactive place, I think we spoke about this in the wrong way to row, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And that's an yeah. episode coming up. I think that is, I think reactivity perpetuates an argument rather than finding the solution. Just pausing, just pausing because you see, it's normal again. For We're living in a very reactive world. It's all about, okay, so what can we do next? How can we fix this? How can we resolve this? We're not, like, I think if, if there's one thing I'm grateful for, for lockdown, it's slowing things down so much yeah. so that I'm able to notice when I'm, when I'm moving into that, I want to fix, I want to solve, you know, position. Because generally it's, for me, it comes with a lot of overwhelm. I need to process things. I am much slower on processing things than, than other people. So I might need to take some time when something happens and it'll be at a later stage that I'll probably come to my conclusion. But if I'm in that reactive state, I'll, I, I, won't, I won't even be making sense. And I mean, science supports that. When we're in that kind of um, reptilian brain kind of responsive place, we won't make sense. We will just probably say things that we will later regret. Um, so just stop. Um, and remind yourself, okay, what of this is mine? What of this is theirs? And what is part of the collective where we are right now? I lose sight of it because everybody's still doing their day to day and trying to get by homeschooling, financial mm -hmm. pressures, working overtime. No, I absolutely 
Um, I think that's brilliant advice. Mm. Can I ask you then, I've always kind of wanted to make sure that my relationship didn't become two people on a couch scrolling separately on their phone. And that's all we do now. That's all we do. Because obviously you can't go out. I, I, I'm, I, I'm completely guilty of it. But again, it's out of boredom. So I'd be afraid that coming out of this pandemic, you know, the spark has gone in a relationship. I'd be, I would, that would kill me. Yeah, but let's not forget, you know, great relationships survive, you know, in spite of conflict, you know, not because of its absence. And if, if right now your, your relationship is just at a stage where you, you both maybe feel a little bit low, flat, bored, whatever it might be, that to accept that this is, this is a, a moment or this is a moment in your relationship this isn't this isn't your whole relationship you know um we are going to come out of this there are there, there is going to be other people as part of your relationship I think I think relationships need need outside resources to really thrive don't they I mean it's not it, it, it's kind of the lockdown oh, has really shown us that I have lived my life you know going to nice restaurants going out, go, going on holiday, looking forward to things, even if it's a cinema date, looking forward to that, mm-hmm. like looking forward to hanging out with friends or planning a holiday, like, and all of that has been taken away. Um, and I'm, this is not a big, oh, boo-hoo. It's, it, I, I'm speaking on behalf of nearly everyone I know is just finding it a little bit difficult because there's nothing to look forward to in the inbox it's more like when it gets better I just hope that people will get through that like I know I I I I will I, I you know I definitely well I hope we will God, I hope of we will. course of course but I can hear I can hear the anxiety and I can hear the little bit of fear around gosh what 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 if what what are things going to be like the far side of this putting the relationship aside mm. it's Society is it like is when is this ending? You yeah. know, it's society, and when are we going to go to gigs again? When are industries going to have? It's like it's all of that. It's a collective anxiety that I have for life, the way we used to live. It, it is, and and I'm still very much a part of a mindfulness community, and they have been talking about uh, mindfulness and present moment awareness, you know, for, forever because that's that's what Buddha teaches, um, and. I think it, it, as you're speaking, it's really bringing me back to us having to retrain our brains to be okay with present moments being dull sometimes, present moments being um, joyful sometimes, present moments being really devastating sometimes, and to embrace it, you know, to embrace that, okay, right now we're we're scrolling or whatever we're doing um but this isn't forever. This is a moment in our relationship, you know, um, and to know that you can break that as well, you know, that this is something that we can overcome. But I think we spoke about this earlier as well. It's having the motivation to change. It's having the energy to do something different. And um, I think a lot of people feel that they're comparing themselves to other people. And, oh, gosh, by the time we get out of this, I really want to, have be, you know, I've become the next Picasso. I don't I don't know what people kind of aspire to do, but um we need to take that kind of pressure off ourselves as well. And comparison is another thing. Oh, listen, that's what I'm looking. I am comparing. I'm comparing to, and a lot of people I, I know are comparing just to see that if everybody is going through something or if there are people out there who are just taking it all in their strides and then you might feel a little bit of shame because you are not. No, in my work, what I'm finding is there's lots of people who are coming to me in, in um, you know, kind of coming. There was 
there was issues or there was concerns prior to the pandemic and the pandemic has kind of brought them uh, to life more, more, you know, more so. Um, so I think in some cases the pandemic can be good for shining a light on, you know, what we really want. Um, it can be, a, it can be good to kind of shine light on the reality of, of relationships, life in general, being, yeah. uh, you know, a little bit of everything you know, and us having to survive and, and digging, digging deep. I think that's been my phrase for this last year, just digging deep, like seeing, seeing what we're made of. It really, really tests us, doesn't it? Really does. And you can, it's time to take stock Mm -hmm. um, and issues that you probably haven't dealt with may come up. But Mm -hmm. I think the lesson in today's podcast, Annie, is that to remind people that this is a traumatic experience and we're all reacting Mm. in different ways. Mm. Annie, thank you so much. Yay. (laughs) I hope the (laughs) listeners got something from it because we do. We need to just bring so much compassion to ourselves and other people right now. And our reserves are low. You know, our reserves are low for ourselves. Our reserves are low for other people. And to just try and and accept that, you know, we're doing, we're all doing the best we can at this point in time. Um, And to do so with a little bit of grace, if we can, and, and pause. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Love Life podcast with the relationship coach Annie Lavin and me, Tracy Clifford. As always, if you've enjoyed this episode and think a friend or a family member could benefit from hearing it, then please share this podcast. We'd also love you could take a minute to rate, review and or subscribe to the podcast as it really helps to spread the word and normalise how we can all struggle in love and how we're all not alone. If you've already done this, amazing and Thank you so much for your support. Talk to you soon.